Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. You'll hear authentic, entertaining stories with tips, lessons, and wisdom from champions to inspire, motivate, and educate you. You'll get the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo Podcast. What a great show we have for you today. If you have a hard time relaxing, trouble sleeping, don't know when to quit, or just need an excuse for some R&R, you're going to want to stay tuned. Of course, we all know that champions are famous for their hard work, but today we're going to look at the flip side of hard work. And as always, I'm co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria, how are you today? I'm doing terrific. I'm sitting here looking out at beautiful spring flowers and um, just really looking forward to our discussion on relaxation. It's an area that I have issues with, which we'll learn about. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm happy to be here today. Thank you, Kelly. Great, Maria. So let's get right into it. I know this is a topic you and I have talked about a lot offline and in our promise to bring our listeners some techniques that champions use from the world of athletics that we can use in our everyday lives, let's talk about ways that you and I have transferred the rest and relaxation techniques that we used as athletes into our everyday challenges. Now, I've done a ton of research on this, and there are so many scientific articles, journal articles on the benefits of relaxation. So I kind of came up with a list of seven that relaxation uh, benefits. Number one, it reduces muscle tension and even chronic pain. It improves concentration. It improves your mood, boosts your immune system, lowers blood pressure, helps you sleep better, and gives you more energy. So Maria, what are your thoughts on this topic? Well, this is an extremely um, apropos topic for me right now. I'm in the middle of a really busy season of my life, getting ready to move. But but resting has always been tough for me, and I don't um, think that I'm alone in that. <laughs> I, I I know other people who are ambitious, uh, sports champions, and and people who are successful in other parts of life can often struggle with wanting to be productive all the time, you know? So you, you, you and, and it's, it's a little bit, um, for me, it seems a little bit addictive. <laughs> so you, you know, you get stuff done and that feels good. And then you figure, Hey, you know, if I get up a little earlier, I can do more stuff. If I stay up a little later, I can do more stuff. If I work through lunch, I can do more stuff. If I, okay. So now I'm, I'm now I've, I've, I've totally filled up my day and mornings and nights, and and now I'm trying to think of better, faster ways to do, to do what I what I can do. So so this sort of search for productivity is is really addictive for me. And what I what I've found is that, especially here in my fifties, I have reached the limits of my productivity. I can no longer be productive without rest. So it's, it's very similar to, to working out as athletes. We know that you have to stress yourself. You have to stress your body physically in order to grow. But then if you do not rest, you will not grow. (laughs) You will not get stronger. You will not get faster. You will not get better. And it's, 
I hate that it's also true in everything in life. You, you can stress yourself for a time, but then if you don't rest, you're going to, you're going to fall apart. And it's, you know, it's as old as the Bible. God, God worked for six days and rested on the seventh. So, um, but, but I think that the trap of wanting to become more and more productive and, I think it's, it's, this issue is much worse now because we have access and so much is available to us. You know, we, when I was younger, you know, you didn't know that, you, you know, you couldn't become a lawyer online. <laughs> you know, you couldn't, you couldn't learn everything about keeping bees and also growing corn or, and also becoming a computer programmer online. And your friends weren't doing it and they weren't boasting about it on Facebook. So th- there wasn't as this huge open world of opportunity. And so, you know, you did what sort of came your way and you walked through doors that got open to you. But in, in today's day and age, there are so much, so many opportunities through the internet and we see other people doing things. And I think for me, it's, it's made me greedy. <laughs> I want, I want more, 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 more. Um, and I'm growing to see that, that it's, it's very negative, um, for my life, for my relationships. You know, I, I get so that I'm not creative anymore. I'm not, I'm not actually not being productive. And one of the things that Caroline Adams Miller talks about in her book, Getting Grit is Stupid Grit. And if um, you haven't listened to our interview with Caroline Adams Miller, go to the website and find it. It's terrific. But so she, she's talking about grit, which is, you know, it's a good thing. You know, we're all saying we want to be gritty. We want to be perseverant. But but she has this whole section on stupid grit, and that could be my middle name. <laughs> I, I always take things too far. I, I go, not always, but I, often enough, I, I'm working on something, and I can't give it up. I can't let it go. I, I can't get my head up. Um, and it becomes stupid, and it hurts me and the people around me. So I want to first make that argument that you, there's limits to productivity, you have to make choices in your life. You have to choose what you're going to excel at, what you're going to sh- share with the world. You're gonna, you got to choose your work. That's got to be the best work that you can do. And I used to give, um, you know, I think years and years ago, we used to talk about, no, I don't have time for exercise. Well, we now know that exercise actually sort of gives you time and it makes you more alert. And you know, you can you can do a half an hour of exercise in the morning and then find yourself actually a lot more productive in the afternoon because you're alert from the exercise. Um, and I think now I've come to believe that relaxation, and I think the studies bear out, is just the same way. Relax, you have to relax. And if you relax, you will be more creative. You will be more productive. So, you know, so how do you, how, for me, <laughs> like I, I ask myself this question all the time, how do I do that? You know, how, how am I going to get there? And um, one of the people that I follow really closely, his name is Seth Godin. You can, you can uh, find out more about him at SethGodin.com. But he's, a, he's mostly a marketing guru, but he's also sort of a philosopher. And I've been listening to or reading his, um, his daily blogs for, I don't know, three or four years. And one of the things that he really lectures on is saying no. In fact, you can go to his website and search for, you know, Seth, Seth Godin on no. (laughs) Um, so what he, one thing that he wrote that I read that I think I hope will transform my life if it hasn't already, he said, no is the foundation that we can build our yes on. And and to me, that was such a beautiful way to look at no, because prior to that, I always thought of no as a negative thing. I didn't want to say no. I wanted everybody to like me, and I wanted to be agreeable. 
and I wanted to also greedily learn and, and do as much as I could. But I, but Seth's words there made me realize that I can't be good at the thing I'm supposed to be good at if I'm saying yes to everything. And that I was, he, another term he uses is called hiding. You know, he's a, where are you hiding? And for me, I was hiding and busy. As long as I stayed busy, I didn't have to think about what I really should be doing or what, what qualities and um, talents that I could bring that might really change the world in a, in a positive way. I would just stay busy, you know, and then fall into bed at night. So, so I, 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 through talking to Kelly and, and, and listening to Seth and talking to other people, I've realized the importance of this. And I have a couple of stories. I, I, I can't say that I have overcome this. I tend to get into these long extended periods where I just go, 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 go. And then I end up exhausted and it, it doesn't work for me or for my life or, or for my productivity. But I do have a couple of stories that I can tell and I'll share those later. Kelly, what do you think about all this stuff I've been monologuing about? <laughs> Well, Maria, you know, this is, this is our sisters-in-law, uh, yin and yang, the, the push and the pull, what I have observed in you for years. And I always joke with you, athlete to athlete, that, you know, the famous saying of winners never quit and quitters never win. And I am the opposite of that. I, I really feel like sometimes in life we need to quit and, um, so I, I joke with you, well, I have a book in me and it's called winners quit and quitters win. And, and I don't mean of course in everything or when you're fighting, you know, the battle of your life with an illness or something, but I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about what our, our wonderful guest that we had on the show, which you've already alluded to has now given me that term to put into um, that definition, which is stupid grit. It's when people go on to the top of Mount Everest and they don't have enough oxygen and they die. Or, you know, even getting into something that, you know, is just not going the way that you want it to and that it's it's pulling all the good parts of your life down and then you've got to let it go. Or, you know, it could be something as simple as a bad friendship that you, you've got to quit that bad friendship or a, a, a bad habit that you've got to quit. And I'm not, again, saying quit, you know, big things that you're passionate and that you need to persevere through, but we need to quit small things that are not allowing us to get to our yes. So that, that's the joke that you and I have passed back and forth for decades of me being able to start things and then just let them go. And, you know, again, not that that's always the way to go, but Kelly, how do you think you learned that? Is that just inborn or is that a family? Somehow you got taught that it was okay to say no and walk away. I think, Maria, it comes down to priorities. So growing up, I was so passionate about swimming that I didn't want anything else to get in the way, so I would quit things. I quit guitar. I quit piano. I quit Girl Scouts. And it was because I had such a passion for swimming, and I wanted to focus on swimming. And I think that's something that champions do, that they make room in their life for the things that they really want to focus on and get rid of things that are 
pulling energy away from that. And, you know, this is a theory that you and I have talked about that I've had for decades. I've just, you know, since I was young, I quit things to focus on swimming. And then I did it later with businesses or with relationships that weren't serving me. So I think um, this is just a theory that I've had. And I was so happy to see that it is supported by Brendan Bouchard's uh, high performance habits, where he says an advanced habit of high performers is actually quitting things, that they have a history of quitting things. So I was really happy to see that because I've been doing this all my life. And I, I think um, maybe I got it somewhat from my parents, too, that they were not, they didn't force us to, to do things, nor did they tell us to quit things. I think the closest that they probably ever came to asking me to quit something was swimming, which, of course, they never could have gotten me to quit swimming because I loved it so much. But uh, they felt swimming was very hard on me, that it was a real struggle. Um, you know, we had when we had morning practices, our morning practices were at 5 a.m. We hit the water at 5 a.m. So my alarm clock would go off at 4 a.m. And I grew up in Northern Virginia where, you know, it was very cold and we had swimming over the winter season was always, you know, hard and we'd have snow and ice. And so I would warm up the car at 4.15 in the morning and start hacking ice off the windshield and which would wake my parents up and they would said they would look out their window and think, oh, this is so hard on Kelly. Maybe she should quit. And I think my mom mentioned that to me once, but even then you know, I wouldn't have quit swimming because it was my priority. So I think there's good quitting, which is, you know, quitting something because it's not, it is not serving your real purpose, your real passion. And then there's bad quitting, which is just because you can't endure the struggle or the hard work. So, you know, that's just my take on it. And I think, um, oh, I wanted to say one of the things that we can do like exercise is relaxation. So I loved your analogy of how putting exercise in your day will make you more productive and you'll have more clarity. And then rest or relaxation will do the same things. So those things will make you more productive. So what, Maria, are you trying to implement or doing as a recovering workaholic, pro, <laughs> what are you doing that, you know, to, to, to be more relaxed? I, I think for me that there's really at least two aspects of it that I, that I need to, and am working on. One is I need to not, not be concerned about others uh, opinion of me so much, which is, you know, at 56, you'd think, ah, would it, you know, but I do, I, I, I'm a very social person and I really love to be liked and to be social. So, but sometimes you have to say, you know, um, you know, this is going to make you mad, but I'm not going to be able to do what you want me to do. Cause people, you know, if the more capacity you have, the more productive you are, the more people will ask things of you and you have to be, as Seth says, you have to be willing to say no. So I'm, I'm one on the one hand, I'm, I'm working on 
uh, just keeping my lips shut, (laughs) literally, and thinking before I say, yeah, yeah, okay, I can do that. We were just on the phone with this woman last night, and she wanted me to do something. and, And it was all I could do to keep myself from saying, yeah, that would be all right. And, and I, I didn't, I just was quiet. And then at the end I said, well, you know, I'll have to think about this. And I got off the phone and I was just like, I can't do that. So I was really glad that I had the self-control there. That's one aspect of it is just, just being quiet when, when I'm asked, when people flatter me first and then ask me to do something second, which is always happen. It always happens that way. And the other, the other part is, um, being really intentional, and I think this is, this is really what Seth is after, and I think all of us can think about this, is, you know, what did God make us to do? What are we here for? I can, I, I can do lots of things. I'm good at lots of stuff, but what it, what, what's the best work that I can do? And it might be just loving my family or whatever, but it's, but, you know, if I am intentional, if I'm really, really thoughtful about what I'm doing, um, then, then I'm, it's going to give me a little bit more courage to say no to all the other beautiful. I mean, it's, it's saying no to good and saying yes to best because there's so much good stuff. I mean, I, I, there's so many things I'd like to do. Kelly, do, do you not struggle with that? I mean, is there not a million things you'd like to do and, and, you know, how do you fit it all in? I, I just think it's by prioritization and following, you know, my, my guiding tenets of does this fit into, you know, my values of, you know, health, family, is is it in, is it in those? And if it's not, then I just don't do it. You know, my husband wants to do all of it. You know, let's go to this festival and let's go to that and let's whatever. I, I just, if it's not in my, my values, I think you've got to kind of have the North star values of, what is really important. And number one, I, I really feel like if, you know, if nobody he'll, hears anything else out of this podcast, that if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And one of my very favorite sayings of my dad is if money can fix it, it's not a problem. I love that saying too. And that's hard for people who don't have a lot of money to hear, but it's so, so true. Yeah. And after having breast cancer and getting a little, you know, look at the you know, possibility of the end coming sooner than I want, you know, it, it, you know, money can't fix cancer if you don't, you know, it's just, it's your health. So people, if you focus on your health, which we're talking about relaxation and rest today, which is part of your health. So if health, I think health has to be someone's number one value. And that is, you can't serve anyone else. You can't serve your family. You can't be a great mother. You can't be a great father. You can't be a great spouse unless you have your health. And so you can't be a great CEO. You You can't be a great athlete. You can't be a great anything. You're right. Yeah. So, um, by just grinding out productivity and running yourself into the ground and not sleeping. So I, I think that's, you know, if it's not in my, so first you have health and then whatever's next. If your, your business is your, your number two priority or your family or something after that, if it doesn't fit into that, like, I don't know what this lady was asking you to do for her, but I would imagine that it's probably not in your top five things that, you know, really are driving your values. Maybe it is. 
Honestly, she, it was something that sounded a lot of fun. Oh. Like I would have liked, you know, it was good instead of best. And, and I think that's where, as I said earlier, I think that's the temptation for those of us who don't rest enough. And I think, Kelly, one of the things that makes you really good at this is you have, you're very intentional and you have a lot of clarity about in this moment what you want to do. And you also feel free to change that. Whereas I, you know, like I, Kelly and I have talked about this before. Like if I said I'm going to do something, man, I'm going to do it. <laughs> my word is my bond. And you feel much freer to say, you know, that was my bond five years ago, but it's not anymore. It's not who I am. And I think, I think that's the better way. I'm not suggesting otherwise. So, um, but. Well, I, yeah, thanks Maria. And I, I think, you know, I am intentional and I do, I do a lot of goal setting. I do a lot of affirmations. I do a morning ritual where I'm looking at my affirmations. I'm looking at my goals. I have weekly goals. I have yearly goals. I have five-year goals, but we know society today is moving at light speed where, you know, you had a headset that worked one year ago and it doesn't today. Your old phone from, you know, a year ago is now like a clunky, terrible phone. Like, how did I ever have that phone? Or how did I ever have that computer? Or, you know, so we're all moving at light speed and goals change at light speed. So I like to have that, you know, I can, I can flex this and, I kind of like to role model being a little bit of a rebel in that way of just saying, you know, I'm sorry. I, you know, of course I'm not going to let somebody down if I say, Hey, I'm going to be there to speak to 2000 people. Oh, I changed my mind. I'm not going to go there. Of course not that, but in changing, like, you know, I thought I wanted to do that, but now I'm going to change because my values are the same. My values are there, but things have changed to keep those values in sight. And so, um, I think that is intentional, but what I really wanted to get to is this concept of, you said that this lady, what she was presenting to you was fun. And so I'm going to tell you that, yes, I have not always been like this. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about doing this podcast, because I want people that are 10 years and 20 years and 30 years behind us to hear the mistakes that we've made so they don't make them. And, you know, a lot of the people that we're talking to are, you know, my nieces and nephews and their kids and, and, you know, people that are out there working as hard as we did because, gosh, I did work hard and I have suffered through my life. One of my, if somebody asked me, what legacy do I want to leave? I want to eliminate people's suffering. I don't want people to suffer in their lives and I've suffered through bad anxiety, bad eczema, and I believe that two of those two things that have really marred my life, even though, you know, I've persevered and I've had a lot of successes through all those, they were caused by not resting and not relaxing. So um, what I want to get to is if I had, if I could have listened to this podcast 20 years ago and somebody said, you know, Kelly, you're still can achieve all those things that you achieved. And guess what? It might resting and relaxing is what's going to help you improve your anxiety and improve your eczema. I would have said no way, 
no way. I'm, I'm addicted to this productivity. And guess what? It's not fun. It's not fun. Wah! I don't want to relax. I don't want to rest. I was like that. I was a hardcore distance swimmer where bring it on. I want a harder interval. I want more repeats. But what I'm here to tell you is because I didn't perceive fun. And we're talking about fun here, which is what you said this lady presented to you. But now I will tell you that once you can get past those first, and this is for you, Maria, recovering, you know, workaholic, pro productive, addicted to your productivity is the first several times that you force yourself to rest and relax, it's not going to feel great. But I will tell you now, as someone who takes, sets my alarm for 10 minutes out of each hour to do some yoga poses, to do some deep breathing, to go out and connect with nature, literally 50 minutes of work and 10 minutes of tree hugging or to <laughs> literally, yeah. I, well, that, do, that does bring us to the question of what is truly relaxation? Because I've thought a lot about that. You know, you could, you could surf the internet and that that's different than work. Is that relaxation? Would you, would you say that relaxation has to involve not looking at a screen? I do. I absolutely think it involves moving your body gently or move. And that gently could be breathing. Definitely not looking at a screen, either looking at nothing with your eyes closed in deep breathing positions of just gentle movement or connecting to nature. I think those two things are the, and, and this is what the research says, is connecting to nature and breathing, yoga, meditation, one of those. And we're going to do a whole show on meditation. Another question here, Kelly, is there a difference between then relaxation and fun? Because sitting at night and watching, um, you know, a, a, a show with my husband that is just very lighthearted and fun is fun and it's not work. But is it relaxing? I mean, it feels relaxing. Yes. I, I, so I think there are definitely two R's in R&R, &R, and I think there's rest and relaxation. So I think resting is just giving your body a rest from anything. So when you are breathing with your eyes closed, maybe stretching, you know, you just get up and you stretch your back and you breathe and you close your eyes and you just, you know, you're not connected to your screen. You're not connected to your spouse. You're not connected to a television show, you're resting, you're, you're, you're regenerating, you're recharging your battery. That can also be done by just going outside and looking at the contours of a leaf or the melting ice, whatever is nature that's, you know, that takes you out of your own connection. So I think that's rest. And obviously sleep is rest. And that's a huge one that I'm going to give you some just key points on sleep hygiene here at the end of the show. But, um, so that's rest. And I think relaxation is that it's non-work that you're having fun and watching a movie or going for a walk and chatting with a girlfriend or having a glass of wine with, you know, with your buddy or whatever. Now, is that answering your question? Yeah, I think so. I, th I think so. I think, I mean, in some of the studies I've seen, you know, show that even if you're just, not doing whatever it is you're doing and you switch gears a little bit to 
you know, go on Facebook that, 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 that you can be more productive, but I, that didn't, that doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> I don't know if that study is actually good or not. So I like, I like your definition of R and R that is truly resting and then relaxation being sort of fun things that you do that are not particularly productive in the way we think of productivity. For instance, here's, here's another example. Okay. So YouTube videos, love them. They inspire me. They're completely different from what I normally do in my work day. Is that, does that count? Do I get credit for relaxing if I'm watching YouTube videos that inspire me, Kelly? Okay, so, so the question here is, <laughs> I love YouTube videos, and most of the ones that I watch are highly motivational. So when I watch them, it's like, the top 10 ways to pump up your life, you know, and I'm watching them, and my cortisol is high, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, go, go, go. Now, that's if that's the kind of YouTube videos you're watching, I don't think that's rest or relaxation. I think that's motivation. I think that's getting you, you know, geared into whatever your goals are. But if you're watching YouTube videos, like I love the, you know, the meditation videos or you're watching a waterfall or a hike or how to cook, you know, carrot cake, then I think that's, that's different. What kind of videos are we watching, Maria? <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually watching, uh, uh, motivational stuff. I, I, today I watched two, um, two, two, two speeches, um, you know, at, you know, uh, what do they call them? Commencement speeches. And, uh, they were, they were interesting and motivational, but I agree probably not relaxing, but I tell you what, looking at videos of my grandkids that had just put me in a puddle. There you go. That's a that's that's a great contrast right there. A motivational video versus watching videos of of your grandkids and my beautiful great nieces and nephews which are just they are. They put me in a puddle too. So <laughs> um yeah, so so that's a great question and and so Maria back to you. We you were going to tell a story of of either when you were overly productive and you failed or were you going to say you were relaxing and you didn't, you got benefit? What, what was your story? I, I fail regularly at this. <laughs> so, I mean, I can tell you any day where like at the end of the day, I've done too much. I've tried to push one more little thing in. Um, I've tried to, you know, to just do two things at once and not done either of them well. So I, so I would say that that's a regular routine for me and it doesn't work. I'm just going to tell you it doesn't work. Don't do it. <laughs> but I do have some stories where I sort of accidentally relaxed and it was incredible. So the, the first story is from my race across America. So I rode my bike across America. It was a race. And because it's a race, people don't sleep much in that. And, um, a couple of days, maybe three days into the race where I'd slept maybe a total of six hours, uh, our, my follow vehicle, the, you're followed by a car was hit by another driver. Uh, and it was, it was, it was a pretty spectacular accident. Nobody was severely injured, but it was it, our car was no longer drivable and it was a terrifying thing to have happened. So basically, uh, I dropped out of the race. <laughs> I DNF'd and then the story is later I got back in, but because I had DNF'd, I could go to a hotel room and sleep. And so I did. And I slept for, I don't know, seven or eight hours. And I woke up and the next day I thought, I don't want to quit yet. I mean, I still have, you know, enough time to finish this. And I got back on the bike and I felt so good. And I basically in the next three days caught up with all the other racers. So that was sort of an enforced break. 
And, 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 and I saw that actually in another year in Race Across America, when we had another rider, he, he just fell asleep and we couldn't wake him up for like 12 hours. And we thought he's no way he's going to finish this. But when he woke up, he was a new man. So that was just his body taking over and saying, nope, this is, this is what you need. So, I mean, I, there's lots of stories in terms of my, um, my athletics where I just had to make myself not work out so that I could be better. And that happens. But, um, but, but from a, from a a personal perspective, I, I want to just say that that's a great example and such a wonderful, like, you know, I hope the listeners are getting the picture of what you were talking about there because you you gloss over this you know win of race across america because you're so modest but this well we can talk about that in another show but But i want that was the example but it was truly (laughs) like you know your van gets rear-ended and you think you're out of the race so you end up sleeping but the book hell on two wheels which i read describes the race across america and basically you guys get on your bikes and you ride 11 days with no sleep so um you know people fall asleep off on their bikes and so for you to have gotten that rest and then wake up and then catch the field says a lot about rest so i do want to exactly cover that exactly at some point um yeah no i think that's a great point but we don't want to run ourselves into the ground till we fall asleep on our bikes do we no, that's, 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 that's really true. And everybody, I mean, the sleep studies right now are just there. I mean, and I hope Kelly, you do talk about sleep hygiene in, in a minute, but they're overwhelming every single day. My newsfeed is a study that's saying that if you don't sleep, you can't think you you know, you're going to get sick. You're going to get cancer. You know, you have, you have to have good sleep. So no, I do not recommend going without sleep for any reason, productivity or athletic endeavor or anything. I mean, I just, it's, it's a bad idea. We're made to rest. Um, we need to rest. Our brains need rest. Even if our bodies don't, our, our brains do. But so that, that was an extreme example, but I think all of us can think of times where, you know, we, we overslept the alarm clock or whatever because we needed it. And then we got up and we were like, wow, I feel so much better. (laughs) So, uh, so sleep is really important and, and Kelly is an expert on it. Um, but, but the other just little example I was going to give is just, I, I do, my office looks out on, on a garden and I think of gardening as, as not productive, but occasionally, and recently this week, I just went out and it was so beautiful. I couldn't go back in and I started digging around in the dirt and planting some things. And it was, it was so transformative for me. I can get kind of emotional. My neighbor came over and we chatted and, 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 and all my cares fell away because like you said, it was nature. It was, you know, I was doing something. I was, you know, digging and planting, but, but, but it was so contrary to my normal, you know, sort of screen time life where I'm trying to, you know, check off the box and stuff. It didn't matter if the, if the pansies got plant planted or not. So, um, it's really, really, I I love the nature element to, to your, to your definition. I think that's, if you can, that's crucial. And, and I've seen that so many places, I guess I would say Eckhart Tolle is another one that really, um, the power of now, and we're actually going to do a whole segment on, on staying in the present moment, but, um, yeah, just getting in touch with nature. And, and so, in sticking with our theme today, which is rest and relaxation. So we've talked about resting versus relaxation. So resting is kind of rejuvenating, recharging the battery. Relaxation is just more, I'm doing something fun that's not work that is also recharging me. And um, I would say 
just to tell a, a, a little story about, you know, how I have applied things that, that I did in my athletics or swimming and how that transfers into life. So as a, I don't know if this is the way that it is, it is on the bike, but I know it is being, you and I are both runners. So that's, that's where we kind of intersect. I'm a swimmer first and then a runner second and a cyclist third. And you are definitely a cyclist first and probably a runner second. And you give you, you're a good swimmer, Maria. You, you just don't give yourself <laughs> enough credit for that. But in our, in our, I'm good for, I'm good for 10 yeah, yards. No, in our running <laughs> intersection there, at least with it, with swimming, if you are out of the water, if you have not been swimming for an extended period of time, some people, you know, say even, you know, a short amount of time a week, they lose the feel for the water. There's definitely something called feel for the water that all swimmers can relate to. And it just, you just feel like spaghetti, like I'll never learn how to swim again. And I go through periods of my life where I'm working or I'm traveling or I, you know, sick or something where I don't get in the water and I get back in and I think I'm never going to learn how to swim again. This feels terrible. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And certainly I know when, when swimmers go through the seasons and they have that break between say long course season and short course season, you get back in and, and I just remember always feeling terrible. And all my coaches telling me, you just, you know, give it, at least three weeks and you will feel better in the water. And sure enough, right at the three week mark, I would start to be like, okay, yeah, I feel like, you know, myself again in the water and I feel connected to the water and I feel good in the water. And I feel like that definitely with running too, maybe not quite as much with swimming because we have that thing called feel for the water, but you know, in running you have that. So I want to just ask people out there who are saying, I don't have time to rest and relax. And I was getting to this and then, I don't know, we're having some good back and forth today, but I hated the idea when I was super productive and young and, and, you know, full of, um, anxiety and eczema of saying, I'm going to take breaks because I didn't think it was fun. I didn't think it was enjoyable and it hurt like those first three weeks of swim practice getting back in. But I now love it. It's the thing I most look forward to is those moments of resting, those moments of relaxing. And my anxiety is gone. My eczema is gone. And I really believe that that is a product of resting and relaxing. And if someone had told me that, you know, 20 years, 30 years ago, Hey, just incorporate some of these breaks in your day, then I would have loved that. So, so that's what my message of translating swimming to life is you're not going to like the first times that you break up, you know, you break your screen time and you have to go out into the nature. It's going to feel weird. People are going, what are you doing? You know, like your partner might say, where where are you going? Oh, I'm just going out to get in nature. Oh, wow. That's weird. You know? So you're just going to have to get through those first things and make it a routine. What does it takes? It takes 21 days, which is, oh, look at that. Exactly three weeks, isn't it? It takes 21 days to bring a habit. So get out there, put the habit in of resting and relaxing, whether that's, you know, just 10 minutes of deep breathing and closing your eyes and doing some good stretching, walking out and communing with nature every 50 minutes or, you know, 
at least 30 minutes once a day if you can't get out of your, you know, your office. Um, what other recommendations, Maria, do you have that we could give to our listeners to put rest and relaxation in their day? Well, I, I love what you said and, and it's so concrete and, and it's, it's just something that I'm going to, I'm going to start setting a timer. So I love that. But I think people have to believe they got to buy the idea that relaxation is important and will help you in the long run. Um, and if you, if you're frazzled, then trust us, <laughs> like Kelly said, you know, anxiety, stress for me, it's, it's, it manifests differently. Irritability, I guess I would say. Um, but, but so, so my, my tip is, is you have to be like Kelly and know what your values are and know who you are and be willing to say no so that you can, you can, in that, in that 50 minutes that you are working on, whatever it is, you can be working on what you're supposed to be working on. Then you'll feel really, really good. So for me that I can't, I can't start, I can't, I can't relax unless I know that it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no to lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of good things so that I can say yes to the things that the one, the one thing, somebody wrote a book, I forget the name of the author and it's called the one thing. (laughs) So if I'm doing the one thing, then yeah. Um, so my tip is say no to most things. And Maria, may I give you a little uh, phrase for that? And I, I got this I, I think I get this from my husband because you know he he is great at saying no and he is he's such a great businessman and he's you know and he's just everybody loves him and he looks at you with a smile and I watch him do it and um, I know many people can do this well but this is you and me coaching each other like we've done all of our lives and so I have one phrase and we feel the need to explain ourselves to people and we don't need to. And so if somebody says, Maria, can you do X, Y, Z? This is my phrase. And it's true. I wish I could do that, but I don't have time in my schedule. Thank you for asking me. So that's it. There's no, because, you know, I'm doing, you know, H L M N O P Q R Z. You don't have to explain it. You just say, I wish I had time. You know, I wish I could help you but I don't have time in my schedule. Thank you for asking me. You know, it's, it's just, just simple as that. You, you, we feel like we need to explain, but you just, that's, there's not, you know what? There's not even the word no in there, Maria. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> no, it's, that's, that's really good. And it's, and it's true. And nobody is, is indispensable. <laughs> I think part of the saying yes to everything is, is hubris is saying, Oh yeah, well they need me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't right. need me. <laughs> right. And there may be, you know, by you saying no or saying, I don't have time for that in my schedule, they may get somebody better. So, right. you know, it's, right. that's a great point. So mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. you know, I think those are, those are, um, you know, if that, if that would help you with, yeah, your I'll type that up and put it there. up on my, put it up on my bulletin board. Yes. But hopefully we've, we've sold everybody on the importance of, um, number one health. And I think, right under health comes rest and relaxation. And then I'm going to just, cause we're going a little bit over on time. I want to do sleep hygiene really quickly because the easiest, cheapest, most efficient way to rest is to sleep. And so we don't, 
I, you know, this is the reason I'm an expert on this is because I have not ever been a great sleeper. I think maybe being a swimmer and knowing that my alarm was always going to go off at, you know, some un, unseemingly hour that I, um, you know, kind of slept with one eye open a lot of my life, but the obvious things and the, the, the sleep hygiene rules, which still stand by are, you know, maintain a regular routine. So get up and go to bed at the same time every day. I know that that's hard, but get up and go to bed at the same time. Avoid naps if possible. That's really, um, you know, a kind of a no brainer. Don't watch TV in bed. Don't drink any caffeinated drinks. These are kind of the, the old school ways, but the new things that, that like you're saying, Everything is saying sleep drives everything. It keeps Alzheimer's away. It keeps you from getting, you know, it keeps your immune system functioning, keeps your brain functioning. So sleep is everything. So the new studies on sleep say you need to have a very dark room. So we need to turn off all the gadgets, all the lights, all the batteries, all the plugs, cover the street light that's coming in your window. So you need to have a dark room room. You need to have a cool room that we sleep better between 65 and 68 degrees is the ideal sleeping temperature. So that those two things about temperature and darkness and then screen time. So one hour before you go to sleep, there should be no screen time. And if you have to absolutely like look at your phone, there are night sight screens on your phone. So we want to get the blue light out of our lives in the last hour of sleep. And if you can like get your to-do list and things that are on your mind written earlier in the day, you know, like if you're trying to go to sleep at nine o'clock, then, you know, before dinner, write the things you're going to do tomorrow, let that process through dinner. And then after dinner, you should definitely be thinking about light, enjoyable subjects. You know, I even, um, was reading where light reading, not, you know, murder mysteries, but just some kind of fantasies or something that's very, you know, dreamlike that you can just go from one state of reading about something kind of dreamy into, and I've been (laughs) not, terrible. I've been reading, um, not reading, but audio books, which I can listen to that are just, just light and fluffy little mysteries, you know, kind of little light mysteries. So screen time, dark room, cold room, you don't want to eat a whole heavy meal and going to bed and getting up at the same time. And, and those are like the new things that we're, we're being told that are really going to help your sleep. Is there anything Maria that you're a pretty good sleeper, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not as good a sleeper as I was. Part of that is just age, but, um, I've actually incorporated those things, um, learning from you and Mark. So yeah, yeah, those are really, really good tips. And if you believe that your health, your physical health and your mental health, um, is, is going to rest on the fact that you, that you get a good night of sleep, you better do those things. I mean, they're, it's really important. I I'm really, really try to avoid, um, the screen and chocolate or caffeinated things. (laughs) Yeah. Caffeine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and a huge one that I, you know, I'm just saying this is a no brainer because you and I are athletes and we're talking to a lot of athletes and we're talking to, or people that want to be athletes, 
exercise. Like I know if I don't exercise during the day, I don't sleep as well. I mean, you know, it's because my, I haven't kind of burned off some energy. So I'm kind of laying there thinking, oh, I didn't, you know, get enough exercise today. So exercise is a huge one for sleep. And it doesn't have to be go out and hammer, you know, an eight mile run, just a nice little easy walk will make you a little more ready to sleep than if you just sat around all day. Yeah. It's great. Really, really important. So anything else before we wrap this up? No, I mean, I think, I think we've covered a lot of stuff, but I think we probably want to come back to it. Um, at least elements of it, because there's more, you know, we can talk about prayer and meditation and, and so forth, but, and other things, but yeah, thanks Kelly. I feel, I feel like you've You've done a good job coaching me today. Well, Maria, you coach me all the time, and that's what we're here for. And hopefully our listeners are getting getting the benefit of our, our coaching. And I think we've, we've got a pretty cool quote today on um, relaxing. And uh, we're going to do that quote, and then we're going to come back for the goodbyes. So here we go. Now it's time for our quote of the week. This one from William Burroughs. Your mind will answer most questions if you relax and wait for the answer. So thank you, Maria. That is going to wrap up our show on rest and relaxation. Thank you, Kelly. I loved it. Looking forward to relaxing. I'm going to run outside as soon as this is over and look at the cherry tree in my backyard. I'll I'll wrap my arms around it. it. (laughs) Go hug that tree, Maria. All right. Love Love you, you girl. We are so grateful that you spent this time with us today, and we hope that you heard something that inspired, motivated, and educated you. Signing off for myself and my champion co-host, Maria Parker, we hope you'll join us again soon, and we know you can be a champion. Thank you for listening, and please see below for a copy of the show notes for any links or important information that we've referenced here. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast, designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, visit championsmojo.com to learn more.